0: the video i'm about to show you is my roadmap from 20k in debt to making over five million dollars in under five years i don't say that to brag because depending on where you're at in your journey five million bucks may seem like a little may seem like a lot i don't know but in just a second i'm going to share a presentation that i gave last year to some of my top clients at a private three-day event where i walked through everything that i did a to z And if you don't know me, my name is John Whiting and I do intend for this video to go viral to help entrepreneurs out there set a solid financial foundation for themselves to become a millionaire. Because it is possible if you have the right foundation. And if you know anyone who would also find this helpful, just please share it with them. Now by no means my financial advisor, this is not financial advice, just what I've learned and I've done my best to edit three days of an event down into an hour. So hopefully it doesn't suck too bad. Now I do get a little passionate in this video, curse a little bit but that's only because I very much care about making sure that I give you your best opportunity to succeed with this information. And I believe that this could be one of the most important videos you ever watch if you do want to become a millionaire. So I hope you enjoy. Let's dive in. After the agency days, my old business education stuff, I've worked with over a thousand entrepreneurs in the last four years, some more directly than others, but literally in a capacity like this, Hundreds, and I've had 5,000 entrepreneurs enroll in some program or another of mine. And I've learned that 99% of business owners have an incredibly low financial IQ. So, the goal of this program is to go from a low financial IQ to a high financial IQ. Gentlemen, this is a football, is how Vince Lombardi started every one of his winning seasons from the bare minimum basics. Entrepreneurs, this is a dollar, all right? I'm going to show you how to make, track, keep, and grow millions of them predictably and sustainably. Whether you're making five grand a month or 500 grand a month, all the same principles apply. This is the fundamentals of finance. This is practical stuff, step-by-step, everything you need in your personal and business finances to essentially get financially free and stay there. And it's just the best that I know up until this point. All I know is how to get to a multi-million dollar net worth. This isn't the nine figure training or the how to be a billionaire training. This is just how to get to a couple million bucks in the bank, because that's as far as I've gotten. This is gonna be what I wish someone shared with me way earlier. Who's for mostly online business owners, coaches, consultants, agency owners, service providers who wanna get to the next level financially, wanna increase your income, wanna grow your net worth? If, that's, if that sounds like you say yes. yes. All right, this is condensing the last four years of literal, literally daily financial education and being as concise as possible. This is not going to be sexy, new, groundbreaking, earth-shattering strategies. This is not going to be a one-shot cure-all. This is not also going to be every last thing on the planet that you could possibly know. So I graduated high school in 2007, okay? 32 years old. For 10 years, how many of you guys have ever been afraid to look at your bank account and say "I"? Aye! So, that was me. And I was chasing big, huge wins. In 2016, as you guys know, I worked with a dude named Ken, did a bunch of mental stuff, which was super helpful that you guys have been through the Emotional Mastery program. During that, I started waking up in a lot of different ways. And one of those was I had realized that my financial situation sucked. And I was like, I need to do something about it. So there are a few keys that really continue to stick with me as it regards to finances and money as you created everything, nobody is coming to save you. That is a huge one. I'm trying to be a a guiding light, if you will, but I'm not going to take you by the hand because if I take you by the hand, you're not any more empowered, right? And track and know your numbers and become a master of finances. In 2017, I opened up a mint account. How many of you guys use mint or some sort of personal finances thing? So a few of you, I opened this mint account and I said, okay, I'm going to raise my financial IQ. I'm going to start tracking my shit. And you'll notice, so this is August, 2017. It was just direct screenshot from my mint account. You'll see there's an eight month lag of pretty much flatness, but then some cool things started to happen, started to figure shit out. But I want to stress that it took eight months after deciding to dedicate myself to mastering something. And I'm by no means at this point, the end all be all master, but I figured some things out. This was me building my agency. We sold the agency right here. And the rest of that is essentially some additional coaching and courses and stuff. And then somewhere in here, I said, okay, I'm gonna start fresh. And what's my forever thing? What do I really wanna spend my time doing that I won't grow to hate? And so that's where the idea of Bulletproof started. Here we go. Here's this roadmap. First thing that we're gonna do, start with the fundamentals. So we're gonna go through a section called understanding the game. We're gonna unlock your money vault, levels of the money game. I'm gonna go over a section that I've titled Ultimate Income Roadmap, the three income levers, account structure. This is all practical stuff. We're gonna go through how to structure every account in your entire life, from merchant accounts to checking accounts to investment accounts to credit accounts and all that shit. Where to focus next, focus structure. Then we're gonna go over investment structure. We all know Warren Buffett says, if you can't manage your emotions, you can't manage money. And if you're going to manage money, it requires a clear financial scoreboard. If you can't read the scoreboard, you don't know the score. And if you don't know the score, you can't tell the winners from the losers. Here's a fun example. A Boeing 787 generates an average of 500 gigabytes of system data per flight. And the Airbus A380 is fitted with as many as 25,000 sensors. Why do you think that is? Somebody, why? Why? There you go. <laughs> Holy fuck, we don't crash, that's amazing. When we asked, how would you rate the clarity of your current data and financial tracking scoreboard? Most business owners, oh, it's not great. I track, it can use some improvement. I don't have one. So if you on your way home, if you asked your pilot, like on the, on, when you're getting on the plane, you like peeked in the cockpit, you're like, hey man, how would you rate the clarity of your uh, tracking systems? <laughs> and he said, not great. I'm just gonna feel my way, trust my gut to our destination. Or if he said, oh, they can use some improvement, right? Or if he said, I don't have one, how many of you would get on that plane? Nobody. Would a single person get on that plane? No. How do you expect to build a multi-million dollar net worth, confidently attract clients and employees if you don't have all the data that you need and don't know how to read it or what to do with it? How you can do it? You won't. Most business owners are making decisions based on how they feel or what they're interested in learning next. How many of you guys have ever made decisions that way? Maybe recently. The goal of this program, you're gonna be clearer than ever before on exactly what to track, how to track it, where to track it, how to structure it, how to grow it, and finally take the guesswork out of predictably building a multi-million dollar net worth. Just to have a visual, this would be present time. This would be, let's say, 1,000 years in the future. So this time horizon, when you have a low financial IQ, for example, homeless person, they're playing, we've talked about big games, small games, right? So homeless person, they here's today and here's this afternoon. Their time horizon is how do I find a cheeseburger in a, in a dumpster so I don't die by d- this afternoon? And where am I going to sleep tonight? Like, that might be, bring them all the way out to here, right? When you have a guy like Elon Musk, he's thinking, how do I colonize Mars and have humanity go forward into the future for the next thousands of years? Anybody know Elon's net worth today? It's 200 billion or some crazy shit, isn't it? So we got 200 billion net worth. And over here, anybody wanna guess? Come on. Ah, beautiful, genius. When you start to think on longer term time horizons, your income goes up, your net worth goes up. When you start to think on short term time horizons, your income goes down, your net worth goes down. When we're gonna go through our planning section, and show you how to plan for longer time horizons so that you can grow your network. So first point that I wanted to illustrate here is money's made up. It's totally made up out of thin air. And by definition, real means actually existing as a thing or occurring in fact, not imagined or supposed. Are you guys familiar with the fact that fiat currency is a bunch of bullshit basically? Okay, excellent. It's not backed by anything. It's not backed by a physical commodity. Ever since 1971, Nixon took the US off the gold standard and you follow that throughout history. Every time a currency has gone off any sort of physical back standard, it's basically fucked. There's some resources here that I'm sure some of you have seen a little bit of. There's some, I'm gonna have a whole list of stuff for you. These are basically where I would start to make it very simple to understand how the economic machine works and everything else that fuels it. You guys know I'm big on word definitions because we wanna have a reality and make sure that we're on the same page, that we can talk the same language. Money is an economic unit that functions as a generally recognized medium of exchange for transactional purposes in an economy. Things that we exchange for stuff. Currency is a system of money in general use or in a particular country. A Bitcoin is a currency, a US dollar is a currency, the Yuan is a currency, those are all They're all forms of money. Cash would be money in coins or notes as distinct from checks, money orders, credit, and so on. That isn't readily spendable is cash. And income would be money that you get. Expenses, money spent. These are my ghetto definitions just to keep things totally simple. Net income, money left over after expenses. Assets, things you own. Liquid assets, things you own you could sell with the click of a button. Cryptocurrency, stocks, other types of securities that are easily liquidatable. Thing that you could log into to your laptop right now, click a button and have cash. Real estate, not liquid, okay? Have a gold bar, not liquid. Liabilities, things you owe, debts, credit, so on. Debt, then you owe Net worth, the value of the things that you own minus the value of the things that you owe. Liquid net worth, value of the things that you own minus the value of the things that you owe that could be sold with a click of a button. Your equity in your house would not be liquid net worth. So tax, money you pay to the government. Profit, income minus expenses. Profit margin, income minus expenses divided by income. Investment is an asset or an item acquired with the goal of generating income or appreciation. You put money into a thing with the hopes that it somehow leads to growth. Appreciation, an increase in the value of an asset over time. Interest, the amount of money a lender or financial institution receives for lending out money. OPM, other people's money. Goal, target, thing to aim at. Standard is a non-negotiable. Money is a time game. The goal is months of liquidity being greater than months left to live when you have more money than you could possibly spend based on your living expenses you've won when you have less you lose it so what does that look like simple example if you have a ten thousand dollar liquid net worth and you have five thousand dollars a month in expenses and you have zero passive income you have two months of prosperity does that make sense but that's essentially the game how much time can you buy forward? Essentially, if you have your expenses covered until further notice, you're pretty much golden. You've won the game. Unlock your money vault. How many of you guys have heard of Stuart Wall? All right, sweet few of you. So Stuart is a pretty enlightened cat. He's no longer in this body anymore, but I've learned a lot from this dude. There's a resource called The Mastery of Money. Well, it's a YouTube video, some old ghetto, like granular one hour talk, but it's fantastic. So one of his quotes, though, he says, money is merely a form of energy and that that the difference between having it and not having it is merely a small but subtle shift in consciousness. So again, we're not going for big, huge landslide. Holy shit, I didn't know that stuff. We're going for the little, small, granular stuff. So in this section, we're going to give you the keys to unlock your money vault. So these are in no particular order. This was just a stream of consciousness of keys that I just started writing down, and I figured those were good, and I'd riff on each point. So you get paid to solve problems, it's all you guys get paid to do. So if you're not making as much money as you'd like to make, you're not solving enough problems or big enough problems in order to get compensated. That's it. If you help enough people get what they want, you'll get what you want. I forget who's, I think that's a Jim Rohn quote, add more value to others and they will add value to you. And you are compensated to the degree of difficulty of problems that you solve. For example, how hard is it to sweep a floor on a scale of one to 10? One. How hard is it to send a colony to Mars, scale of one to 10? 11. <laughs> 11. So janitors make whatever the hell janitors make, $8 an hour, Elon Musk is worth $200 billion. You get compensated the degree of difficulty of the problems that you solve. And your financial game is a reflection of your inner game. Clear charges elevate your tone level. How many of you guys have cleared a charge, got clear on something, and you were like, oh shit, I feel better. Okay, that's what happened is you actually got specific, whereas before you cleared the charge, you were like, man, this sucks. It's always sucking and it sucks. That was pretty much it. And now you're like, oh, specifically these things and specifically this action item and specifically this. And you're just like, wow, clarity is power. Those are keys. Get clear on your purpose and direction and share it. If you're not clear on the direction that you're going, nobody else will be either. And therefore it's gonna be really tough to get people going in that same direction as you right? All of you have positive, some businesses. So you need to create win-win scenarios. So between you, your clients, everybody needs to win. It can't just be you winning. And the more you help other people win, the more you will win. So we talked about thinking on longer term time, right? And your wealth will only grow to the extent that you do. Uh, this is from a book called secrets of the millionaire mind T Harv Ecker. How can I do both? I like to always think in terms of killing, not two birds with one stone, but I try to kill a whole flock with one stone. Until you show you can handle what you've got, you won't get any more. It's not about the amount, it's about what you do with the amount. The habit of tracking and managing your money is more important than the amount. Never have a ceiling on your income. There's no such thing as a really rich vic. That is a huge one. I think that's a T. Harv Eker one. I was like, yeah, that's what's up. You get what you tolerate. How many of you guys have tolerated subpar financial situations for way the fuck too long? Say yes. Yes. If your motivation for acquiring money or success comes from a non-supportive route, such as fear, anger, or the need to prove yourself, your money will never bring you happiness. <laughs> Levels of the money game. Einstein, relatively smart dude. You have to learn the rules of the game. You have to play them better than anyone else. We're gonna define exactly what level you are on, and we're gonna get even clearer where we're at in this map. Business and finance are two entirely separate skill sets. The guy who makes 100 grand a month and spends 110 is worse off than the guy who makes six grand a month and spends three financially. And he may tout on social media that he's doing 100 grand a month. That's not what fucking matters. There's two levels, business levels, finance levels. We're gonna go over the business levels. We have birth, infant, toddler, teenager, young adult, mature adult. Birth, $0 a month working to meet your own needs, job, managing yourself, working to find a niche, improve concept, you maybe have an offer. That would be like baby birth, right? Infancy, 5K to 20K a month. It's a race for survival at this point. You're bringing on your first hire. You're basically a solopreneur. Your focus is on production, essentially adding value to others and refining what you're doing. And cash flow at this point, relatively significant challenge. Even at the 20K a month mark. Then we graduate to toddler, 20K to 50K a month. You're managing by putting fires out. Maybe a small management team, one or two people. Business still relies on you for all core decisions, and cash flow is still relatively concerning. Teenager, 50K to 100K a month, management team maturing and taking on more responsibility. Cash flow, at this point, not a huge challenge, unless something's super fucked up and you're an entirely horrible business model or something like that. We got some cash buffers as long as you didn't do a whole bunch of dumb shit. We're focusing on this point at building duplicatable systems. You got to prove your concept reasonably well to get to this point. Now we start refining it, building systems and focusing on growing it. Then we graduate to young adult, looking ahead towards the future, maybe launch a second offer at this point, We've proven our concept. We're making more committed choices into a certain direction and more refinement of systems and processes. And Bulletproof Entrepreneur at this point is pretty much right here. Mature adult, 500K to a million a month. Lots of profits as long as, again, you didn't do some wildly dumb shit and systems and management teams now run the business. The organization's well-defined, everybody knows what they're doing in the right role, so on, you're cooking at this point. That is the basic levels of the business models that y'all are in. We're not talking about Fortune 500 companies here, we're talking about practical shit for you. There's business levels, then there's finance levels. They're entirely different levels. It's not about the amount of income, it's what you do with it. Finance levels, I've defined seven, Level zero, no cash reserves, no liquidity, no skills, no income, no credit, doesn't know numbers or track, no investments, negative or zero net worth, and thinking on daily time horizons. That's our homeboy looking for the cheeseburger. From there, check to paycheck, level one, zero months of liquidity, skills, barely enough to get by, spending 100% of what's earned, less than a 600 credit score, doesn't know their numbers, doesn't track shit, no investments, zero net worth, thinking on maybe bi-weekly, check to paycheck time horizons. Level two, maybe 30 days of cash, less than a month's worth of liquidity, spending 90 to 95% of what's earned. Credit score, still pretty shitty. Might know some numbers, no investments, maybe 5K to 10K liquid net worth if level two is really cooking. Thinking on monthly time horizons. Level three, 60 to 90 days of cash reserves. Maybe a little less than six months of liquidity. Skills, above average, because you can't get to this point to where you don't have any skills. Spending 75% of what's earned. We got a little bit left over. Credit score, getting okay. Might know some numbers, might have some investments. 10K to 50K liquid net worth. Thinking on quarterly time horizons. Charlie Munger, the first 100K is a bitch, but you gotta do it, I don't care what you have to do. If it means walking everywhere and not eating anything that wasn't purchased with a coupon, find a way to get your hands on $100,000. Level four, three to six months cash reserves, less than 25 months of liquidity. We've got some buffer here. We know the basics of numbers, spending maybe 50, 60% of what's earned, credit's pretty good. We have the basics of investments automated, which we're gonna get to that structure in a little bit. Thinking on yearly time horizons, relatively in good shape compared to the average person. Level six, 12 plus months of cash reserves. Your tongue will turn green and have a dollar sign on it as a result. I don't see anybody with a green tongue, but it's something to strive for. 200 months of liquidity top 2 percent of income producing skills spending less than 50 percent of what's earned credit is solid knows numbers pretty well but might be missing some key metrics and tracking is complicated investments growing on autopilot maybe 750k to 3 million net worth growing monthly thinking on 10-year time horizons level 7 12 months plus the cash reserves plus infinite liquidity top 1 percent of income producing skills spending less than 30 percent of what's earned knows all numbers, credits baller, can predictably reverse-engine their investments growing predictably on autopilot, and three to 10 million liquid net worth growing monthly, thinking on 50 plus year time horizons. In this section, we're going to create your ultimate income roadmap. It's appropriately named. All right, so again, income and finance are two separate skill sets. You need them both to win the game. Jim Rohn, how many of you guys have heard of Jim Rohn? Listen to Jim Rohn? All right, sweet, awesome. It's not the amount that counts, it's the plan that counts, so we gotta create a roadmap. So. Here is the income growth cycle. So first thing we gotta do to make money is get, have, and improve skills. If you don't have any skills, you gotta get them, right? People pay for value. If you don't have any value, people won't pay you. Make sense so far? Holy shit, good. So next, find out what people want. That's pretty simple. Then, Test the market. we got a survey. So we got to test the market, survey. Just like I kind of alluded to earlier, putting out posts, asking you guys to fill out surveys, right? So I got, you know, 76 people to fill out a thing about data, finances, sales, influence, persuasion, right? And so based on your answers, I read every single one and I even did a whole kind of thing that I do that I'll share with you on a kind of how I reverse engineer, what are the most important things that I need to focus on? So all of you, Appreciate you coming up to me and going, wow, this is so valuable. Susan just said it was even more valuable than she thought. She texted her husband and said, you should be here. Holy shit. That's wonderful. Did I get lucky though? No. I got the answer key before I took the test. Now, there's still a chance that you can't copy the answer key very well, but hey, it's easier than like studying real hard, you know? So we got to test the market and survey so that we know we have an opportunity and avoid to fill because many entrepreneurs start businesses based on what they fucking want to do. How many of you guys have really created something that you really liked at some point and nobody wanted it? Yeah, me too. That's a recipe for staying broke. All right. So then we got to package a product or service of some kind and get it to the people. So you can have the best skill set in the world, but if nobody, if it's not packaged correctly and nobody knows about it, do you think you're going to make any money? No. Very good. Excellent. Once we have some sort of, we've taken our skills and we've package something, product or service. We've gotten to the people. Now the people have it. They go, Wow, this is cool in theory, but now we actually have to like do something with it. Get the result some kind. So we gotta prove the concept and get testimonials and be like somebody going, Oh, this thing helped me get this result. Thank you. Yay. All right. Then we gotta reach as many people as possible with all of the above. Right? So if we only reach like if Brandon was as shredded as he is as rich and handsome as he is, but he only had one view on YouTube. He could have all the same skill sets, all the same attributes, but one person knows about it. he would probably get him as a client, but more people have to know about it. So we got to reach as many people as possible. Then we got to track all the metrics and conversion rates so we know what the fuck to do. Then we got to evaluate, let the data decide what to shift and improve like we've already talked about. And then we're gonna repeat that cycle. Then once we have something validated, we're going to then go and see what needs to be improved. And we're going to see, oh shit, we're gonna survey again. That's why we survey you every 30 days in Bulletproof Entrepreneur. What's going on? Where are the gaps, right? What else do you need? Where are we missing the boat so that we can improve our skills? And how do we do that? We find out, we survey you, then we test that, we package a product, that's why we're here today, right? So I found out that there is a void. Right, so I already kind of had the skills, I found out what you wanted, I tested it, and then I packaged it, I got it in front of you, and I made it into this event. And now you guys are gonna give some testimonials for this event and everybody's gonna feel great about it, right, then we're gonna reach more people with this, we're gonna have more value to add for Bulletproof Entrepreneur, and it becomes more valuable and given that you get paid in direct proportion to the value that you add to the marketplace and we're adding more value where do you think eventually over time the income is going to go up or down holy shit how predictably 100 percent, zero percent 100 percent unless something breaks none of these rules apply anymore and there's an inability to get it in front of people and an inability to transact. I'm betting personally, although it's not for sure, that all of those things will remain intact in some way, shape, or form. I'm betting on that, right? So are all of you. So then we're gonna make see what happens. Maybe we add this to our program and people get worse results. I don't fucking, like, we'll see, but in theory, can you see how it's a pretty safe bet that they'll probably be like, thanks, this is helpful, right? Probably, right? So that, Is the income growth cycle? So, this is me with hair, with Keith Cunningham, the rich dad from Rich Dad Poor Dad, and his big secret business formula is find out what they want, go out and get it, and give it to them. And one of the talks that I used to do, how many of you guys have dug into the business growth for entrepreneurs curriculum? That's a bonus that was given. Okay, some of you are like OGs in Infinite Leads, which is that's this that original. My first course ever was is the. Step three here. But one of the talks that I used to do, say that louder, a lot louder. Yell it. it that course made you a millionaire? That was, that was Valter's yell, by the way, everybody. <laughs> that was Volter's yell. All right, so let's see, where am I at? Money comes from people. This little talk that I used to give, most people in this scenario are just trying to give it to them. That's where most entrepreneurs fuck up, is they're just trying to give it to them. They're asking questions like, how do I just get more clients without getting more leads? Well, how do I get more leads? Which is why I got I started Infinite Leads. Is I did a survey. I had this thing in a webinar that I did that sold like three thousand of these or like twenty eight hundred of this program, where the ad said, "Get leads, get more leads," basically, and it was a training on how to get more leads. What was interesting is in that webinar, I have a screenshot of my original website, my original offerings for Digital Kryptonite. I was offering like nine different things, and the positioning was, I think, big agency results, small business pricing, which sounded really cool at the time, right? And we offer all this shit, like web design, fucking graphics, all this stuff, right? So I did a survey because after, you know, beating my head against the wall for 6-7 months, I'm like something isn't working. And I remembered what good old Keith said, find out what they want. I'm like, all right. I haven't done that. And this was after working with Keith. I'm a little slow. So, I surveyed the small list that I had, and I got like, I don't know, 27 surveys. And I said, when it comes to growing your business, what are your biggest goals? When it comes to your biggest when it comes to growing your business, what are your biggest challenges, what are your biggest roadblocks, what are your biggest fears? You notice those same questions when I surveyed you guys a couple months ago. And what came back was startling, the most used words were more and leads and get. And so I did this whole thing, which how many of you guys have done the data ranking, magnetic positioning tool, and business growth for entrepreneurs? A few of you. Notice the few who raised their hand, Walter did it, made, a million, made millions of dollars, right? So there's a clue here. You have to do that type of work. It's kind of a painstaking process, but you learn everything that you need to know about your target market and it makes things really easy. It's your answer key to the entire test. So I said, okay, that kind of makes sense as to why I'm not getting any traction. Nobody gives a shit about what I'm doing. So I changed my positioning, same company name, but I, my thing was guaranteed sales leads on autopilot. Sweet. So I, and at the time I was starting this whole, oh, let's try LinkedIn. I was on like thumbtack and like, I was just trying to get leads from everywhere and I was just struggling. So I reached out on LinkedIn and I was like, hey, do you want guaranteed leads? Book a call basically is about all it said. And I booked a call and I was like, holy shit. That was like the first call ever. And I closed it. And what was funny is at the time I didn't have a lead gen thing, okay? I was just testing to see if there was gonna be interest in what I was doing. And the guy's like, yeah, so tell me about your LinkedIn outreach program. <laughs> that was 12 hours into using my first ever LinkedIn automation tool. Guy goes, so tell me about your LinkedIn lead gen thing. He didn't say automation because nobody knew that LinkedIn automation was a thing then. And I was like, well, glad you asked. And I just totally pulled it out of my ass and I said, here's what we're gonna do. And so I did, signed him on as a client, And basically I was like, oh, let's keep doing more of this. So I kind of doubled down on my outreach. I booked like eight calls the next day and I started close clients. Like I went from literally two grand a month to the next month doing $24,000. The following month after that was like 38 and 47, 66, 83, 94, 110. Like it was just like what? Now, again, you die as fast as you grow. I didn't know a lot, got a bit too big, too fast. The biggest thing though, What I was saying during this, what was I missing? I was trying to get leads and sales. I was trying to do step three and step four. I didn't have authority, foundation and messaging. I didn't have either of those. So I got the right messaging, which then based on the guarantee, I didn't really need a whole lot of authority because I was guaranteeing results and people said, yeah, I'll bite and I made sales. And then I just did more of that over and over and over again. And that's it like that, like literally that simple but most people miss these two pieces and they beat their head against the wall trying to sell what they want to sell, not what people want to buy. So you have to sell people what they want and you give them what they need. So you got to lead with what they want, right? So that's a huge thing. I would recommend at the very least going through step two, even though it looks a little ghettoer than our newer shit, It still works. It's still the same. I literally used the same tools in this, the exact same ones that still say infinite leads on it or business growth for entrepreneurs on it to create this event, to market this event, to create the curriculum for this event. I went through all your surveys, did the data ranking, all the shit that's in there. And that's why y'all are here going, thank you so much. I reverse engineered the whole thing. So you have to reverse engineer literally everything, not just your numbers, but you gotta reverse engineer your offers. You gotta reverse engineer your deliverables. And it's very simple. You find out what they want, you go out and get it and you give it to them. That's it. And most people just try to give it to them, okay? And one of the, one of the analogies that I used to use for this is have you ever seen a waiter or a waitress that had a no sale? Anybody ever experienced a waiter or a waitress that had a no sale? No, right? Why? Yeah, because you, you've heard this shit. So they ask, right? Imagine you go to a restaurant, the waiter or waitress comes to your table and goes, "Aaron, do you have any food allergies by the way? Just, this is John talking. Do you have any like food allergies or like you, certain foods you hate? <laughs> yes. What? Walnuts. Walnuts, great. So, Aaron, put down the menu. I have just the thing for you. Walnuts. I have not only walnuts, but walnut encrusted walnuts. <laughs> okay and they're delicious i love them they're fantastic because you have to be passionate about your product and what you sell right you have to if you're passionate about it that that confidence that energy will transfer to your prospect and they will buy because of your energy how many of you have heard that in sales training not even fucking selling walnuts to somebody with a deathly allergic walnut reaction they will buy not only will they not buy they'll think you're a fucking idiot and they will tell what do you think they're going to tell their friends about the restaurant You suck (laughs) versus what can I get for you? What was your favorite food? Salmon. Salmon. (laughs) Anything else? Excellent. And then I bring you salmon. You eat the salmon. I bring you the check and you say thank you. Wonderful. And you give me a tip and we've transacted. You get what you want. I got what I want. There was a sale that was made simply because I asked you what the fuck you wanted. Everybody screws this up. It's, a, it's remarkable. It's one of those, like, dumb, stupid, in-plain-sight things. Alright? So, thank you for being a guinea pig of that example, but it's literally that dumb. So if you are not making the sales that you want to make, if you're not getting the traction that you're trying to get, it's because you are trying to sell walnuts, or some variation of walnuts, to somebody who is allergic to walnuts. They do not want walnuts. Most of your solutions that really are the thing that they need they don't want actively in their mind they don't want it mainly because they don't know they don't know what they want if somebody's asking for more leads i already know that they're a noob for the most part because that's what noobs say so there's things that noobs say and then there's things that non-noobs say and then there's things that the people say in between So you start to understand your market a little bit more and I can know just based on the questions you're asking pretty much how much money you make and where your business is at and what all your problems are. Because I just, you work with thousands of people, you'd have to be a moron to not be able to see it, right? So I digress. Does this make sense? Yes. All right, cool, so helpful. Yes. Excellent, we're not done. Income keys, money does come from people. So if I push walnuts hard How many follow-ups does it take to make... And this is where you get the dumbass questions, like, How many follow-ups does it take to sell my walnuts? (laughs) I don't give a shit. How much you follow up? Erin's going to block me, get a restraining order. She's going to make sure that I never am anywhere near her purview ever again. So we have to care about people. So I got to be interested, not interesting. Mr. Interesting animated walnut guy is going to be broke forever unless he figures this out what we're going over right here and you get paid in direct proportion to the value that you add to the marketplace, not how valuable you are. It's incredibly, incredibly important. And I love this example. Who here really, you know, kind of like needs to make some more money? All right, cool. David, what if I wrote you a check for $10 million today? Would you accept it? Most likely, Most likely okay. Why wouldn't you? I'm just curious. Oh, so kind of like, ah, okay. Well, let's assume, just without assuming any underlying things, you'd accept it, right? What if I said, here's the underlying thing: tomorrow you die. So you're telling me that the next 24 hours is worth more than 10 million dollars to you? Yes. Excellent. So, is it? Does your? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I kind of just had a breakthrough. <laughs> that, was fire. that hit, huh? Shit. We'll have to use that one more. But does it have anything to do with how valuable you are? Or does that have anything to do with the value that you're adding to the marketplace? It's to do with the value that you're adding to the marketplace. So if you're not getting paid what you want deserve, whatever words you want to install, has nothing to do with how valuable you are or your ability to be more valuable i.e learn more skills per those eight steps from earlier has to do with the value that you're adding to the marketplace in order to get more value to the marketplace you have to get a lot of eyeballs brandon carter lots of eyeballs and he has a very valuable product that the eyeballs that are looking at it want it solves a problem he's checking all of the boxes for five hundred thousand dollars a month more eyeballs solving a problem more people that know like and trust you the more people will buy from you The problem is you don't have that many people that know you for the most part. Like I don't, my following isn't near Brandon's, but if you're efficient, you can still do pretty well, right? You have to get your shit in front of people and then find out what they want and then give it to them. So if you get a whole bunch of walnuts in front of a whole bunch of allergic to walnut people, I don't care if there's 8 million people that you get your awesome walnuts in front of. If they're all allergic to fucking walnuts, they will not buy and it will hit you. Does that make sense? Say yes. yes. Excellent. Good job. So, you need to hold mental real estate for something in people's minds. So, walnut guy holds mental real estate for walnuts. That's great if he's in front of the Walnut Lovers Anonymous Association weekly board meeting. <laughs> That's not so great if he's in front of the anti-walnut allergic people board meeting. Right? So. You need to hold mental real estate for something in people's minds, right? Brandon Carter, high ticket trainer. He holds that mental real estate, not just with those words, but with all of the visuals. So words are only 7% of communication. You can say high ticket trainer, but if you were like shrimpy and not shredded at all and didn't care about any sort of monetary anything, you could be making money and not show it. If nobody knows who you are, you have to give them a reason to care And unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, on this planet, people associate their visual perception of you with the value on the back end. You get paid in direct proportion, not even to the value that you add to the marketplace, but the perceived value that you add to the marketplace. So how are people seeing the value? It could be valuable as shit, but if it's packaged to where they're perceiving it as not very valuable, you're going to have a tough time. All right, so you need to hold mental real estate for something valuable in people's minds and there's a lot of ways to hold mental real estate. If you're trying to grow your business, you have to attract attention. You have to understand how people perceive things. And what most people do, especially broke people, is they resent that. And when you resent that, do you go further to it or further away from it? Away. If you go further away from it, do you think you could get more eyeballs and more money or less eyeballs and less money? Less. So that being the case, you can't beat them, join them, but don't try to change the way the world works. You do whatever the fuck you want. But if you actually wanna you know, grow your business and make sales and get clients and serve them and shit, probably listen to some of the shit that I'm saying. Or you can be the guy who just be the change you wanna see in the world and don't market and stay in your little hole and just hope that if I build a good enough thing, word will spread. <laughs> uh, cool, well, I hope you're right, but also good luck with that. My advice to you is don't do that but you do whatever you want. All right, so again, need offers people want, same thing. you nah, need to communicate your offers clearly in their words. So back to my digital kryptonite example, that's why that offer sold, is because I repeated back to them the words that they used to describe what it is that they want. It's easy. And you need social proof. So in that particular case, it's real easy. Hey, get more leads guaranteed, awesome. And then you just get, you know, as many people as you can going, I got more leads from Digital Kryptonite. Thank you so much for all of the more leads from Digital Kryptonite. And then you get 100 people saying that somebody who shows up on a landing page and the title of our call was book your, I want more leads call. And then the button was, yes, I want more leads. And there was 150 testimonials of people going, thank you so much. Digital Kryptonite for all of the leads that I've received from your services. If you want to get more leads, definitely hire Digital Kryptonite. Now, once we have attention, we gotta get something at the top of the funnel. How are you guys doing? Is this helpful? Say yes? yes. All right, sweet. So, at the top of our funnel, we have eyeballs. Hello. Do we show them something. There's this thing. Hey, we get it in front of them, we get a lot of it. Some of you only have like that right? And it's your grandma, right? (laughs) Not a client. (laughs) She's going to love your shit. She might even buy your shit, but she's not going to be the greatest testimonial. If your target market is guys who want to learn how to take their personal training business online. And grandma's like, I, my grandson really just does a wonderful job at what he does. So we need numbers. So we were tracking conversion rates and ratios before. If I reach 10 people, and nobody gives a shit, then I've reached 10 people and nobody gives a shit. But if I reach a thousand people, there's a chance that 10 people might give a shit. There's a chance that a hundred people might give a shit depending on how good and how well I accomplished all the prior steps. So if I get the walnut lovers special in front of a whole group of walnut lovers, then I'm probably out of a thousand people going to get a high percentage of people, unless they just bought walnuts from somewhere else, they have a specific stupid walnut objection that only they have, you're going to have never a hundred percent conversion rate if you're doing big enough numbers, but you're going to have a conversion rate from here to here. And then from there, you're going to get a number of those that want to talk to you. Maybe five, I don't know, whatever those numbers are, they exist. But in order to even begin to understand how your business is operating, you need to have enough input up here to even have an idea of whether your shit's viable okay does that make sense say yes. yes all right cool so oh yes you need to charge a lot more all of you like if if there's two things that you take away from this whole thing is track your shit and raise your prices i don't really care if it's just by 10 percent, but everybody moving forward starting now say bigger numbers got gotcha. It's Gotcha. Not for deals that you have already closed. However, that would be unethical. I could go back all the... Hey, by the way, all you guys owe me an additional $10,000 for what you've already purchased. That wouldn't be too good. That would be find out what they don't want and ruin your business. As soon as you go to raise your prices, you will be nervous about it. I don't care how many fucking fear charges you clear. There will still be a little... Yeah about it suck it up say a bigger number i promise you people will start to say yes it just is a thing now also caveat it's not just charging more you have to make it valuable you can't just raise your prices so for example if i want to raise the price on bulletproof entrepreneur here i am adding more value to the fucking thing right now i can justify it right i have a whole thing that i can say this is a $10,000 $10,000 value that I can include as a bonus and then we raise our prices by two grand There's a lot of things that I can do but my point is I don't care how good your offer is if nobody knows about it It's useless. So charge more. You need to get good at sales We're gonna handle a lot of that and I'm gonna if you I'm actually I'm gonna say I'm surprised That we've gotten you know people coming up and going like holy shit. This is fire so far I don't want to set the bar too high inside everybody's expectations too high for the marketing and sales portions. But if you like what we got so far of all the needle movers, this is like some kindergarten fundamental shit. how many of you guys like kind of like sexy shit? That's like, Ooh, that's fucking savage, right? That's that. But the savage shit won't work unless you have the fundamentals down. So that's why we're starting here. Okay. We gotta get good sales need hyper specific targets. Which is why we did the reverse engineering of the money math on steroids and essentially if we flip this upside down to get eyeballs and the right message that's like your authority and your foundation piece at the top of the funnel then that gets us leads and that gets us sales so you could look at it however you want but it's essentially if we flip that bad boy upside down it's essentially our funnel make sense say yes all right great now here is i'm glad i made this the way i made it can you guys read those numbers All right, sweet. So here is our numbers and our ratios in this business for I think since inception as of maybe a few weeks ago. We've reached 3,767,336 people. We've had 60,754 of those people show up on some sort of a landing page, right? That's 1.61%. So that's that conversion rate we were just talking about. I'm not saying that's good or bad, we're not labeling anything yet. We're just, we got to know. And then all we're trying to do, remember that gradual improvement line? I'm just trying to take that 1.61, maybe get it to 1.82. Cause if you do that, you can fuck around with these numbers and see that just that little thing gives a big boost exponentially throughout the rest of the thing. But regardless, here we are 60,000 people on a landing page, 18,748 said, nah, I'll give you my name and email. All right, cool. Out of those, we've reached out to actually more opt-ins than we've had, mainly with followers and other like organic people that never, that like joined our group and shit without opting into anything, okay? So, out of those people that we reached out to, we've talked to 3,585 people. Out of those people, 1,353 people said, I'll hop on a call with you. Out of those people, There's 1,232 people that were actually set to have that call that weren't rescheduled and all that shit we talked about earlier. Out of those, 908 people showed up on a call, said, all right, man, need some help. Then out of those, we made an offer to 725 people, 317 gave us a deposit of some sort, and out of those, 230 have said, I'm joining Bulletproof Entrepreneur. Those are our numbers. On the right, is our ratios. So if I wanna close one deal, on average, I need to make three offers. When I say I, this is cumulative everyone who's ever taken a call for Bulletproof Entrepreneur. Okay, making sense so far, say yes. All right, so we'll go back in time here then. So out of those, we need to book six calls to have four actually show up on the calendar. That's pretty straightforward. To book six calls, we need to talk to 16 people talk to 16 people we got to reach out to 101 to reach out to 101 we need somewhere around 82 leads per sale that means we need 264 people to land on a landing page that means to make one sale we got to reach on average 16,380 people so there's numerous ways to double this business i have a strategy that isn't exactly this which i'll share with you later than my planning and projecting but if I wanted to just scale and double the Bulletproof Entrepreneur offer, how many people should I target to reach every single day, roughly? Very good. Oh, very specific. I like that. That's excellent. Give, give Aaron a, a round of applause for specificity. <laughs> Beautiful. About 30K. No, 32,760. Yeah, very nice. Right? So now we know okay, if our target is to do one enrollment a day, and we're not reaching 16,380 people a day, we're kidding ourselves, right? So if we want to do one sale a day and our sales team isn't hitting the daily metric of 101 outreaches, and we're not booking six calls a day, that is not good in terms of hitting targets, All right? Make sense, say yes. yes. There's three levers that you can pull to make more money. The three income levers are get more customers, sell more to your existing customers and raise your prices. Need eyeballs, percentage of those are going to work their way through. If we already have people that have bought from us and sell them more shit, and overall we can raise our prices. When to do which? That is the question. The easiest one for everyone to do. This is, so Jay, what did I tell you to do as like the first order of business where you made like 17 grand? How did you do it? He pulled two of these levers at once, and literally, I told him to do one thing. So, Jay was kicking along at five grand a month, having a tough time. Long story short, Jay ended up enrolling within two weeks, collected 17 grand cash, and that particular month, I think you said you topped out at 25K. Yeah, It's okay. How? I didn't have to do shit except pull a couple of these levers. Account structure, a to structure, your accounts, income and expenses. Okay, that's this whole section. There's a few different accounts. That's Anybody here not know what a merchant money. account is? All right, cool. It's how you accept payments. Like Stripe would be a merchant account and payment processor all in one. It's how you accept payments. PayPal is a merchant account. There's a bunch of merchant accounts and payment gateways, but essentially somebody gives you their credit card, it's get processed by something and it's called a merchant account. Make sense? All right, cool. That merchant account then deposits money into your business checking account. And then from there, You're going to have another business checking account where you have tax savings. You put money aside for taxes. How many of you guys have ever gotten a tax bill that you were like, Oh, shit, that's bigger than I was expecting. And you had to jury rig some shit to pay it. A Couple of you. Yeah, that we're going to avoid that. We're going to have business credit cards. This is all above the business line. Then there's the business to personal line. And then you're going to have distributions and or payroll. The money flows from merchant account to business checking to personal checking to investment accounts. And we're going to elaborate on all of this and you're going to have personal credit cards, business credit cards. This is the basic account structure. Does this make sense? Yes. Okay, cool. How many of you guys are already structured this way? All right, cool. How many of you guys are not structured this way? Good. Again, fundamentals. Gentlemen, ladies, this is a football. This is your account structure. As our boy TR says, you're not rewarded for doing the right thing at the wrong time. There's two sides to this business focus, finance focus. We're going to start with business focus. I'm going to tell you on the right here what to focus on. When you're first starting out, you got to find your niche, prove your concept and figure out what people want. Make sense? Okay. Infancy, we've got to set up our basic data and tracking. First part, we got to have something to track. Right, we've got to create that. Otherwise we'll just be looking at a whole bunch of zeros. So when you have that, create at least a one. Now we got to start producing results for those people that bought whatever the hell it is that we're trying to figure out in this stage here. We're still trying to figure out client acquisition, starting to maybe delegate to like a person, a thing. But real quick, we want to start trying to lay out our system so we can start reading the scoreboard because you'll get past this stage much quicker if you know the score. We're really trying to produce results here, next. 20K to 50k a month, we've got maybe a small little baby team. Delegation. So we got to start understanding how to manage people. Different skills will get you to different levels. If you're real good, you can maybe do a quarter million dollars a month alone. If you're real good, I know one person that I think got to two, 250 a month with like just him and a VA, but his life sucked. The skill set is management of people. It's an entirely different skill set. I don't care how good you are at things, that's a prerequisite, because how are you gonna manage something that you don't know how to do? So that's A, get skills, but the next skill that you need to really get past this level is management of people. Next, teenager, delegation systems, growth of people. This is where we can start to really systematize things, and this is where not just management of people, but growth of people, investment in your people. Young adult, now we're at 100K to 500K a month, optimizing and really dialing in our data and tracking. Essentially, you just want to build a machine that you can slowly, methodically remove yourself from different pieces and how you do that is building systems, growth of people. So then we get to mature adult. We're just continuing to now optimize these things at this point, optimizing of second offer. If there is one at that point, optimizing growth of people optimizing systems optimizing delegation optimizing your data and tracking there are two seasons i really like this and when we get into my walkthrough i will share with you the two seasons and how we've gone through them but there's two seasons and this is business specifically on business focus there's investment season and profit season and there's two ways to invest in the beginning if you have no money you invest time great and once you have some money now you don't have to invest as much beautiful. You guys are geniuses. We're looking for consistent, steady trend like this in our business. But in the beginning, you invest a bunch of time. You'll probably, if you do a reasonable job, you'll make some money. So you'll have a surplus of money. And then once you have that money, now you have more resources. You got more guys to deploy. And so now you can maybe hire somebody and invest in your systems and spend a little money on some education and we'll say this is income. So your income goes up because all you did is invest time and it returned money. Then you start to invest money to start getting some time in the future. You don't want this to go all the way to zero unless you already have enough cash buffers and you don't give a shit, which is okay too. You're gonna invest some and maybe next month you're here. Is that bad or good? If it's an investment season, that's cool because you're investing to return a profit at some point in the future. And let's say you did a good job with this investment because you read your numbers, you knew what to do, you made a good call and it starts to return. And then next month you go here. And then you're like okay cool that worked that's working i have some leverage now i'm going to go invest again but if you did a good job it's going to jump back up in income and that is pretty much how this thing goes and this doesn't mean like month by month this could be quarter by quarter it could be year by year and there's little micro jumps in between here just like the stock market it's how businesses are measured in terms of value of things or quantity of things there's two seasons Finance focus. Remember, we got business levels. We got finance levels. Level zero. I love Brandon. When when people are like, "Hey man, how do I? How do I? What, what's the question that you, you get asked?" Yeah, it's like how do I get it? start investing? I don't, I don't have any money. Yeah, see him share it on a story all the time. He gets a question: How do I start investing when I don't have any money? He's like, Get a job, be an adult. Like right now, go get a job, get an income, and reduce your expenses. Next level one. You're still paycheck to paycheck. The goal here, we wanna stack three months of cash. We wanna start our automation and we gotta build our credit. If your credit sucks, it's just, God, this is that much harder. Your new zero at this point is three months of cash. If you're at three grand a month, your first target, your new zero is $9,000 in cash in the bank. That's your new goal. So you got a job, you got an income, you spend less than you earn until you get nine grand stacked and we're past level one to level two. We got three months of cash stacked, we gotta build our credit, we gotta get clear, and optimize our finances understand what the hell's coming in what the hell's going out so we know exactly what our surplus or deficit is every month so you can have an income from a job which will most people do they get an income from a job and then they spend more than they earn and then they ruin their credit by borrowing a bunch of shit to buy shit that they don't need so most people do then we need to start investing in advisors coaches consultants so that they can help us get to the next level you have to I just probably spent 500 grand in the last five years on coaches, consultants, courses, masterminds, books, so I could do this and tell you all the things that I learned from spending $500,000. Next level, we wanna start shooting for six months of cash. If you're unable to stack six months worth of expenses, you should be focused on zero other things, all right? Continue investing, Invest in advisors reduce expenses. Every month, I do a expense audit. I go through, what the hell did I spend? And I cut shit. Even if you can find an extra like few hundred, couple grand a month, that's stuff that you can then dump back into making it work for you in some way, shape or form. Because you'll be tracking your finances every day, you'll see shit that's, huh, I thought I unsubscribed from that OnlyFans account. And then you decided that it's worth it or you cut it. We wanna keep reducing expenses and just keeping it lean. Grow that surplus. It's like trimming hedges and shit. From here, stack 12 months of cash. If you have more than 12 months of cash, it's probably too much cash meaning there's a law of diminishing returns unless market conditions like currently i have more than 12 months of cash so that i can invest over a smaller period of time if and when some sort of downturn occurs continue to invest in advisors and coaches and consultants at this point when you have a 750k net worth and it's growing you want to start looking into asset protection trusts all that stuff we're not going to get into that in this event and continue to of course, cut and reduce expenses. Level six, very similar. At this point, you're just trying to grow, optimize, and protect. Grow, optimize, and protect. At level seven, you're multimillionaire. Your shit's protected. You have cash flow. You've pretty much won the game at this point, and good job if you're here. I wanna just cover your basic investments. we talk about risk. Life is risky. There's no such thing as zero risk. You might die today by getting hit by a lightning bolt. There is a risk of that happening. It's a low risk, try to mitigate risk, but there's always risk. by definition, risk is full of the possibility of danger, failure, or loss. You're an entrepreneur, you take risk, get over it. There's two different distinctions I wanna make. Gambling, by definition, is taking risky action in the hope of getting a desired result. Hope, by definition, is want something to happen or be the case. If you are not precisely calculating where your time and money is going and why, you are gambling, not investing. So how many of you guys like bought some crypto cause you're just like, I don't know, crypto's a thing now and I, you put money into it, right? Yeah, that is gambling. That's okay. Sometimes you put it all on red and you win. That doesn't mean you're smart. That means you got lucky. There's a difference. And the highest return on investment is always going to be in yourself and in your business. If I put $100,000 in an index fund that makes 8%, I made $8,000. If I spend $100,000 on ads, when my business historically returns a seven X return, Anybody want to do the math $700,000 return, which is a better return on investment. Very good. And that's something that I have control over, right? I can manage that investment. It's calculated. I have the numbers on it, starting with lowest risk, most predictable return, best investment, yourself, your skills, your mindset, you, the machine that's going to run all this shit. That's always going to be the highest return on investment. Congratulations. Y'all are already trending in that direction. So two is your tracking systems because you can have the best skills in the world, but if you're not calculating anything, then you're just throwing money at Facebook ads or you're throwing money at crypto or you're throwing money at stocks. That is gambling. That's why it's a little bit riskier than your team. They might quit. Also riskier. Index funds. The reason this is getting riskier is because they're getting out of your control. Make sense? So if I control it, there's less risk. As long as I have invested in myself, my skills, my mindset, and I know what the score is, I can probably invest in these things reasonably well and have control over it. Whereas if I invest in an index fund, which is also, even though it's riskier than these things and lower on the priority list, it's still relatively safe. Over the last 100 years, it's averaged like 8.5% a year. Then, all the way down here in the red zone, speculation, risky investments, this would be gambling. This would be buying $1,000 worth of Dogecoin because your neighbor fucking did something cool, right? That's what that is, is this clear? Okay, cool. Investment basics. If you did nothing else with investing and you never looked at it again, this is what we're automating. If you want to speculate, 5% is like max, unless you know what you're doing. Asset allocation, not income is the key to growing well. So all of you guys are like, oh, I wanna grow my business and make more money. It's not about how many dollars you make. That's useful, but it's about what you do with the dollars that you have. This is Buffett's genius asset allocation recommendation. I recommend buying the market monthly in an S&P low cost index fund. Wow, magical. Not very sexy, is it? We wanna mitigate this risk though. Company and sector risk. We mitigate by employing low cost index fund. One of them is SWPPX. It's a Schwab S&P 500 fund. There's a lot of them, do your own research. It's a very basic one to start. Timing risk. Maybe mitigated by employing dollar cost averaging, buying the market at regular intervals. How dollar cost averaging is buy stocks like you buy groceries at regular intervals. Time in the market is more important than timing the market. Poor people, gamblers, try to time the bottoms and the top. And for the most part, across the board, they're wrong. Investors buy their stocks like they buy groceries, which is why we automate it, put it on autopilot. It's literally the top 500 companies in the United States. So I'm not gonna spend all the time to research all that shit. I'm just gonna assume that for the last 150 whatever years, since the S&P 500 has been a thing, it's been eight and a half percent a year, and they do all the heavy lifting. I just let them kick the losers out. And over time, it's gonna grow. Dollar cost averaging is essentially buying at regular intervals. So here's, here's now, present time, and here's 100 years from now. When you want this basically to happen, if you buy today, next week, following week, you just keep accumulating, and when it dips, you get to buy more with the same dollar amount. So if I'm just like buying $500 a week of this, I start with 500. Maybe it goes up and that goes, to, I don't know, 510. Then it goes down. And then now I'm buying more for my $500. So I'm buying more shares for $500. Just like gas right now. If Gas goes down and you're spending 50 bucks to fill up your tank. If gas goes down to a dollar, you get way more for your money. And then when gas goes up, if you still own that gas, you could sell that gas. If gas went from a dollar to $10 and you bought it at a dollar, you could sell it at $10 a gallon, make a 10 X profit. But we're not gonna sell this, we're just gonna let this grow and compound and we're gonna buy at regular intervals and over time, just like our business, it's gonna compound. Dollar cost averaging is very simply just buying the market at regular intervals and put it on automate so you don't have to think about it. You get your emotions out of it as much as humanly possible. We wanna get rich simply, not quick, Predictably and simply. We wanna open a Schwab, E-Trade, other brokerage account of some sort, dollar cost average, set of weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly auto buys, and increase the investment amount by 10% every 90 days, just like we talked about increasing the transfer amount. Make sense? Yeah. If the initial allocation, again, is too comfortable, turn up the savings in your investment account so that it sits at the border of comfort and discomfort. Then, if this initial allocation is too uncomfortable, do it anyway and then take that discomfort into new energy, creativity, ignite what Robert Kiyosaki says, your financial genius and create more. Here is a basic compound interest graph. If my initial investment, I put in $1,000 and I contribute $1,000 a month for 40 years at an average return of 8% is compounded annually. Anybody wanna read that number? $3.13 million, just doing that. Get rich predictably and calculated this is what we call calculated this is not gambling this is only gambling if you are trying to sell it next month because you need to pay your rent you're trying to make a quick piff on the on a trade that's trading that's speculating that's gambling okay don't do that so i know that video kind of ended very abruptly i've done my best to have myself and my team edit three days worth of material down into under an hour and we couldn't quite do it and i also didn't want to upload a 15 hour video to YouTube. So just click this next video right here and it'll take you to the next in this very short series of this playlist. And I hope the value continues there. Thanks so much for watching and I'll see you in the next one.